0: This is Living Proof Radio May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members only library backlog. Patreon.com slash Living (laughs) Proof New York. Thank you for letting us in here, and thanks for coming on the show. We're super hyped. We're big fans and a lot of respect for people who do their thing, people who have companies like yours that are pretty unique in their approach and stand out from uh, the wide sea of companies that exist. So thank you again
1: for letting us here. Thank you for having me, guys. For thank sure. for coming through. So um, so I kind
0: of wanted to start with uh, Jiu-Jitsu's uh, roots, the old era to the modern day, like um Jiu-Jitsu's roots were kind of founded off of Valley Tudo. You'd see videos of, like, fights at beaches. There was a lot of, like, challenge matches. I'm talking, like, when it first came to America. And you started training in, like, uh, late 90s, right? Like, 99-ish?
2: Correct, correct.
0: Um, yeah. So how was the scene when, when you started training? Was it kind of... Uh, did you see any of that stuff? Was it different from the way that it is now, even from, like, the class setups or anything like that?
1: Uh, yeah, it was. in terms of the U.S., it was... Uh, I got exposed to it probably like 98-ish, 97-ish on Guam, where I, was, where I was from. And then I moved to the U.S. around 99. So, And then 99, around that time, that era, um, you know, there was maybe, there wasn't even really, a, I think there might have been like one Gracie Baja at the time. So everything was kind of merged at that time. It was kind of getting out of that like half MMA, half jiu-jitsu gym so majority of the gyms were in MMA schools or taekwondo schools I'm sorry not even MMA schools at the time it was probably like taekwondo schools and then every with the exception of like the Gracie Academy Hickson school the Machado schools like maybe Joe Morera schools in the west coast and of course the east coast had theirs but that was there, there was only a few at that time but it was kind of like a a hybrid in between it wasn't really Um, yeah, maybe the average school at that time was like 30 students, Mm. you know, like there was one kid that trained, right. But the average class was like eight people and of course, right. The Gracie Academy had probably like 300 or 50 at the time, but your average small school that was operating out of like a Taekwondo dojo or, you know, they just started their gym probably had like eight people in the class. You know, there, there was maybe one teenager that was like 14, you know
0: so did you have any experience with taekwondo seeing as like they were the classes were probably
1: going on mixed and stuff like that or no it was more i think what what was happening was i think probably from a business standpoint um people couldn't afford their own studios at the time yet right because they're probably like getting ready to leave their old instructor to go start their own thing right or whatever so they would just take on the space but they didn't want to you know pay three grand a month for rent when they didn't have any students yet so they would probably rent a space from a Taekwondo or karate space and you know and then use it on its off hours like four o'clock or mm-hmm. eight o'clock, and they'll run their class until they had enough students and then they would like eventually go off and do their own thing at their own space so
0: so what was the Gracie Academy like, and why did you end up training there as opposed to uh, other places?
1: I trained at a bunch of places at, at the time I think uh the Gracie Academy thing that's kind of like the mecca hmm. right so in terms of like what you're looking to try and Achieve, that was kind of like the Disneyland of jujitsu at that time. Um, so, and probably still is to a certain extent to a lot of people. But I think at, once you ex- explored that, you kind of s- saw like how dialed the program was, how structured the program was. And then, um, then, of course, you know, floating around to small like independent gyms at the time or little open mats because it was super expensive at the time. Um, and I was broke, so um, I trained there, like, once a week for a few months, and then after that, I kind of just switched and trained at a, I think it was, like, a smaller school than, um, I think it was, like, in Costa Mesa mm. at the time, so.
2: Where did your, uh, your interest in jiu-jitsu stem from? Uh, why did you choose that martial art as opposed to others, especially at that time? It wasn't, you know, the most mainstream or the most popular
1: in all honesty, I think the I think it was really just, of course, right. You see the um, you watch the UFC. Mm-hmm. You know, I I grew up being a huge boxing fan. You know, did karate or kung fu, whatever your parents put you back in, like the eighties, right? Um, and then, but then um, I think what happened was then you start seeing like a like, on Guam, it's similar to Hawaii. It's like uh, localisms heavy. You know, everyone has to know how to fight, right? Um, so uh, and then a, a small group of people were kind of doing it there and They were kind of getting exposed to it, you know, some wrestlers, some people that were kind of. Uh, it's close to Japan and Tokyo, so you got some of that synergy. Ensign you know, was had some influence and in, um, bringing bringing people over. He was there a lot, so you had a lot of like Japanese influences in terms of like a couple locals like doing it, and it became like kind of interesting. At, and at the same time, right, you're watching UFC, and you're like, oh, this is super interesting. And then uh, once I came out here to uh, go to school, I was like, once I get here. I need to see what that stuff is you know and that was kind of like my my hook you know so
0: do you remember what your first impression was like you you go into the gym uh you go into the school and you're seeing like maybe people like what would they do for the warm-ups were people like shrimp across the mat doing hip escapes doing bridges like was it that kind of thing because um you mentioned ensign and he talks about how like one of the first times he went in he was looking to do like racy jujitsu and uh they're doing, like, he just does, like, bridges across the mat, and then he goes up to the instructor. I forget who it was that he says, but he's like, uh, am I gonna learn what I've seen, like, in these challenge matches and shit? Like, no disrespect, you know, but, like, what was what the hell did I just do? And then he was like, okay, yeah, roll with this kid. And the kid tapped him, like, mad times his first time rolling. So, what did you think when you were first exposed to it? And it's kind of like an odd thing where, like, you might walk in, they might be doing some crazy lapel guard where you're not gonna understand the maybe the application and why they're learning this so was there any
1: of that yeah I think I think I think jiu-jitsu then compared to jiu-jitsu now it's it's a lot of it's still the same <laughs> believe it or not you would think it's like really different but a lot you know of course some gyms or some places are are probably like more structured than you know other spots but like real independent spots are still kind of doing it really similar to how it was back then it may be just maybe there's like a little bit more like allowance for not being super duper hardcore with a new person. You know, Um, that's probably the biggest difference, like since it came from like such a hardcore culture, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago in Brazil, right? And, and then now fast forward, you know, just within like, you know, in the early 2000s, like it was very similar, right? Like very light warm up, right? If any warm up, right? Like jogging around for like, Five minutes, like not, you know, and then doing like a, a little exercising. But then, other than that, you learn a technique, you drill it three times each side, and then you spar for like 30 minutes mm-hmm. or however long, right? And you might be the one white belt with like the other 10 people that are super advanced, and you're just kind of like sinking or swimming, you know? And then I think that was a big reason why, also, probably a long time ago, and even still to, till this day, I think probably um, some gyms that still kind of operate with that model have a hard time retaining um, more people just because you know, I think uh, as much as I love Jiu-Jitsu, I'm also like ultra, I'm ultra critical on it, you know, uh, and, and I'm probably like super duper hardcore personally, you know, but in terms of um, trying to expose it to more people, um, you know, not many people can like kind of hang with like drowning every single day or getting smashed every single day, and I think that's like you know, for me, I love that stuff. But mm-hmm, yeah, but, but it's also like, um, that's why I say a lot of, that's how it was probably in the beginning, probably times 10. Like no mercy for beginners. Type yeah, thing. like they didn't like really like, they, they weren't even trying to like mess around, right? Like it was just like, either you belong there or you didn't, you know? And like like business was important to keep the student was important. But I think like, hey, they're either with us or they're not. And if they're with us, they are our students, they, de- they deserve to be here. Um, and I think, and that, that was kind of like the mindset, that's what I think made it rad and that's what made it cool, but it also stunt, stunted, I think, the growth in my opinion you know, yeah. and now it's a, a little bit more like, you know, balanced in that sense, right, some schools are better than others and like guiding it, and then like after like a year, they're like, hey, you know you know how to do this shit, like now now we can do it, right, so that's that's what I love about Jiu-Jitsu, it's like it's like, um, there's always those weird things where like, even if a guy's been doing it for like Ten years, they're like, what? Well, That guy just went crazy with me." So I had to turn it on. I'm like, "No, dude, dude, he's just like trying to survive. Like, he doesn't even know where to go." Mm-hmm. So,
0: so yeah, yeah so. I mean, it is it is pretty crazy. Like uh, when when you look at the history and stuff, and it's it's fascinating and almost sounds like legend because that is what it is. Um, you hear about like the challenge matches where they're essentially running up in people's schools, like uh, and being like, "I'm gonna fight your." head guy like whoever's here uh any weight class no gloves no rules no nothing and the only rule is like can I film this so I can essentially make an example out of you to show like as a form of commercial uh it really is and, it, and then like when I hear about that time period where it's like all the martial arts are separate and uh, maybe people don't believe in jiu-jitsu and they're they're coming here to I guess earn their respect in America uh it's pretty crazy so I find it really interesting like people who have trained even closer to that era, because obviously it's not like that anymore. There's a lot of like, uh, in in quotes, like mercy for beginners, like people try to, me me personally, my experience has been like super welcoming. Like I come from uh, the first majority of my life is like skateboarding and graffiti, where there is no like real mercy for beginners. It's like a real like, this is us, and then you're not a part of this, it doesn't really matter. And like, if I'm better than you, I'm not going to be Essentially, friends with you, and I'm definitely not putting you on to any of my like knowledge and shit. Whereas in jiu-jitsu, I felt it was the opposite. I felt like these black belts are going to be super nice to me if they see that uh, that maybe like someone's dedicated and really about it and really trying to learn and really trying to get better. They're going to accept them, and I I thought that that was something pretty sick. Although I do see like the lore and attraction to like we you like. You come here and we fuck you up, and then like you, you are accepted after the, after the fact, you know. And I think that's important too, honestly.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I think I think there's like there's there's a beauty of like hazing, right, and kind of like earning your key, right. And I think that's um. I think um. I, I always compare it to surfing and localism because on Guam, that's what I did as a as a youth, right. And and then, but it's also like the the culture's super heavy, mm. right, and. um, I always compare the two, right, because to me, surfing and jujitsu, right, and then coming up on, like, vert skate and stuff in the 80s, right, um, I always felt like surfing specifically and localism was, like, probably one of those heavy cultures where it didn't matter if you're local, if you weren't, like, if you didn't put in the time, like, you can't get in line, you mm-hmm. know, and once it, once once it's your time, it's your time, and, and that's just kind of what it is, and then I think... Um, And then, but then you're kind of like surrendering to mother, mother nature. So there's some allowance there, right? There's like a bigger power and then jujitsu is kind of like similar in a sense where it's like, um, if it's a hardcore gym, um, you know, you have to kind of survive. But the, the heavier part is like you're going against another person. So like, um, you know, and, and w- w- whatever that environment is. So like, if you're surfing, you give up to the wave and you're just trying to get in the lineup and be a part of the pack once you're good enough. In Jiu Jitsu, it's like, you're not trying to survive against mother nature. You're trying to survive within your peers. And then hopefully you can make it in the line when it's your time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like you are saying, um, it's one of those things where like, I think there's always that like, within like the community, they're always like, you gotta be a little bit like off. There has to be something like, mentally whenever you're going to like one of these hardcore gyms you know like it's sink or swim and like you're still around in like three years or five years you know so yeah i'm i'm in i'm into it but then i'm also into the other side of like hey like this shit's gotta transform over time you know there can be both you know um but if we want other people to kind of like um explore this there should be you know different products or different gyms or different services Mm -hmm. for different types of people
2: yeah no i definitely agree because that's the beauty of it i think is the variety and uh like the options you have nowadays because every a lot of gyms have different um reputations and you can go to a gym just for competition you can go to a gym just for essentially being a hobbyist or you know you can make your choice and you can try out different gyms which is pretty sick you know what i mean and uh it's like you were saying the beauty of it is also like i don't know i think not to be too negative but in today's society maybe like people get you know, trophies just for participating, and uh, it's sick that that still exists. That root foundation of kind of just gritty and uh, rough, if you want it to be there. You know what I mean? So that's that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and I think
1: maybe um, I think like I think it's with with jujitsu is probably similar. To any any like culture that's like somewhat hardcore, it's like once you get it, you get it, and you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, and then of course there's like layers to that, um, and then and then the people that kind of like really really get it, or they get deeper into it, then like you're on that another subgroup within the group you know but i think overall i think the community as it as it is you know for for whatever reason like i always tease everybody that's like super into jiu-jitsu because i'm into it right i'm like it's like a cult, you know like in a sense where it's like once you're into it you can't stop talking about it like you're preaching to everybody like you just can't shut up Mm -hmm. (laughs) but then um and i think that's I, i think that's just a form of how powerful it is in terms of like helping people like adopt like adapt and change their life and adjust their lifestyles or, mm-hmm. or kind of just like de-stress, whatever whatever, whatever form it helps yeah. people in, you know, so.
0: Yeah, you were saying you were, you're like, uh, you enjoy that hardcore aspect as well and like you're like critical towards it as well. Um, what do you think are some of the problems in, in modern day uh, jujitsu culture and how has the culture, like what are some of the things from the past that we could, I guess, re-implement or learn from or even just adapt to our current modern day some of the issues that are happening, you know, people talk about them all the time. But what, what do you think are some of the things that you would change or issues that you see
1: uh, specifically in jujitsu? Yeah, I, I think I think what happens is I think there's a I think I think one curriculum and just like general stuff. You know, I think I think culturally, the hard, I think you can breed the hardcoreness of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve with a tiered down program in terms of like, hey, being a little bit more friendly. Like, and if you want it to be completely hardcore, right, I think that, because I think we're kind of like in that opposite sense. Right now, everyone's just trying to make sure they're like welcoming welcoming to students, making sure people don't quit like their first week, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so they might like overextend that, you know. So I think right now we're in that interesting part within like jujitsu not being the next taekwondo in 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, um, and trying to figure out what that, Balances, you know, and I think, and if you were to reverse that, like, you know, um, if you were to reverse that, like 20 years ago, it was like reverse of that. Like it would like, it would never be Taekwondo because there's just no way there was, you know, any structure, any terms of like people trying to scale their business, you know, so, um, so I think, I think, I think in general, I just think it would be nice to explore like some, like maybe let's call it like the old school traditions of what it was and kind of embed some of that stuff without being like too like traditional Mm. or hardcore. And I think, I think even, I think most places for the most part somewhat do it and now there would be like, let's just use it. Like there would be a beginner class for somebody that was never exposed to jujitsu. And then after, you know, three months or a year, whatever, whatever that gym did, they allowed. The, that group of people to start working within the advanced group, and then it got like a little bit more intense, you
0: know. So, do, do you think there's actually a chance that it does become like the next Taekwondo watered? I guess watered down, um, and essentially by the public not taking it seriously. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you think there is a chance? Yeah, for sure.
1: I, I think it's just like any anything has like it's like you know you have your growth, you have your growth phase, and then depending on how that gets commercialized over time. And depending on who's in charge of it, you know, there there might be another one of these things in you know the next 30 years. I think I think we like to believe that like we'll, we're untouchable, right? Like we're different, right? But um, in reality, I think we're, we're we are different. But I think it's no different than you know what some of the other popular things are in the past, you know. And I think mm-hmm. it, it it definitely has a, the chance to not be the next Taekwondo. But in terms of how things how how things scale and how people want to try and monetize it make a living from it right i think i think naturally they're just going to copy the models of all these you know martial arts businesses that were successful in the past and then you know at that point people are just going to be comparing how many students they have mm. right person driving the nicer car blah 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 so i think that i think we're always in that like we're always in kind of like that balance of how can you preserve what's like original and authentic to it and then what do you lose in that phase? I think, well, I think the nice part about Jitsu that kind of somewhat protects it is like maybe that, like the rolling aspect of it, mm-hmm. you know, and I think just as long as like, I think that's why probably people don't like the, like the drilling or like the non like rolling part of it is that that, that rolling aspect, I think that sparring aspect keeps it somewhat in check you know but then the more that that you remove that element of it i think you get closer to Mm -hmm. you know let's call it like the the scaled version of Mm. or maybe it's even a different thing in my opinion it may may, it may not be jujitsu that becomes taekwondo but it may be um, a close version Mm. of what jujitsu is uh, maybe like a spin-off in my opinion so what do you think about
0: so um i like to watch a lot of old judo videos and when i watch them a lot of it has to do with like Ideals and philosophies and convictions, uh, almost like spirituality. It almost looks like you're watching like a video where they're they're speaking about like essentially like Buddhist and Taoist concepts of like um, how to be in life, uh, what you have to be to be uh, like a, a a genuine human and the best version of yourself they're always trying to achieve like a higher spiritual state right and um i think about judo and how it has you know it's like the roots of uh, the roots of jujitsu and um as well as like muay thai they, they 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 do the the ceremonies beforehand there's a spiritual aspect or um me me and jordan walked into a shotokan karate gym just to see just to see literally and um at the end, We walked in red right at the end of class, and at the end of class, they were like, everybody lined up, everybody lined up. They were straight up silent for, like, a solid whole 15 seconds, which felt like way longer. And then they started chanting, uh, like, codes. Uh, like, they were chanting, like, um, seek perfection of character and a bunch of other stuff that actually, uh, like, a famous karate man said. I just don't remember, but I looked it up after, and I found it, and I was like, oh, shit. Anyways... Um, that's something that you know. I've been to a bunch of gyms, and that's not really a part of it. Uh, even though Jujitsu has its roots in, in Judo and things that did have a part of it, uh, even Japanese culture is filled with spirituality and thoughts on uh, transcending life and death and a bunch of a bunch of stuff like that. So, what do you think about that? That that's not really a part of it. And was it ever a part of it when it came from either Japan Japan to Brazil or Brazil to the states?
1: Um. At least from my exposure to it, and just kind of like being like a nut, kind of just like looking at some of the old cultural things, and you know, of course where it stemmed from and where it's go, where it may go, where it, where it's at. I think for jujitsu is one of those weird, weird things, right? Like it's like it's it's weird in a sense. It's weird in 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 terms of like martial arts, right? Because martial arts is this ultra conservative, traditional thing in general, right? Mm. And then here comes. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is like super loose, right? Very close to culturally how a lot of things are in Brazil, specifically in Rio, right? And a little bit of Sao Paulo. So I think, like, I think just be, I think jiu-jitsu is one of those things that, because it became Brazilian jiu-jitsu and like the lifestyle of what that is, is somewhat loose, right? Not super structured all the time. And not to say that, you know, the Grace Academy has been structured in, in, uh, in Rio f- forever right they've always had like structure but like everybody or a majority of people besides that group at that time you know like everyone that was kind of going go and doing their own thing like it was just like ah, well there's like no real rules we can just do it however you want it you know so I think that looseness allowed it to kind of like change mm. and become like like more laid back right like you were saying you go into like a judo school a tradi- or traditional like like karate school, or like, it's like, there's a lot of tradition, like, and you also can't break too much from tradition, mm. or else it's just not allowed, you know, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you could use like, crazy things, right? You could use like, you know, and, and maybe crazy things now, but, and then if we were to reverse it real fast, just to like, and and that's maybe how, it, how it's a little different, is I think, um, The uniforms is just, like, the only form of clothing that you can use within gyms, right? So in martial arts schools, you have, like, one or two colors of product, and that's that's exactly how Jiu-Jitsu was 20 years ago. Like, it wasn't any different. You had a white gi, and you had maybe a blue gi. Like, a blue gi was, like, that was, like, new, and that was, like, very rare 20 Mm. years ago. Really? You know. um, And no black? No black yet. Because I thought that I thought that the traditional colors were like black, unbleached.
0: blue, and white. No, or maybe uh, that was just what's allowed in comp.
1: Correct. In, in competition, I think uh, I think originally right, originally it was like unbleached, right? Because that's what was, came from the male, and then it turned into like white, and those became like the dominant colors, right? It's very traditional to every other martial art as well. And then you know the color of black got. I mean, blue got introduced, and like culturally, like no one even dared to wear that color in the gym in like two thousand. <laughs> like, don't even try. Right? like you would have to like train for like 15 years mm. or be like a purple belt at the time which was like the equivalent of like a five-stripe black belt or something right like to in today's day in right? terms of what skill really in terms of in terms of like skill and accessibility mm. right so and this is california right and this is i'm talking about california specifically i i can only imagine what it would have been like in kentucky or you know like a blue belt there was probably like. Helio Gracie or something mm. like Someone that, like, Hickson or something, right? Because it's just, like, in, it wasn't that big yet, you know? So, but just to kind of take it back to tradition, like, that was, like, jujitsu wasn't very far off from what other martial arts were in terms of, like, culturally, what's what you can wear, what you can say, what you can... But, like, this class structure was still loose, mm. right? Like, it wasn't, like, you, you can explore more techniques, you can do more things, you know, blah, 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 and then, like, start fast-forwarding that I think since also there's like a little bit of looseness, it, it created like a little bit of gray area for like, you know, how you can explore the culture. What do you want this culture to be? Is it okay? Is it not okay? And then like, you know, then, then like, then gear started to change a little bit with time. And are like, oh, like they don't have that in any of the martial arts, right? And then like, you know, so I think that I think specifically good and bad, right? Like the beauty and... but. But then again brazilian jiu-jitsu is like how much different is it really than you know judo Nawaza a little bit of old wrestling right like it's very similar yeah you see a lot of those old techniques a lot
0: of techniques now in old judo videos yeah it's it, mind-boggling it's
1: it's it's you know and, and you know just like judo when judo they started to remove Nawaza which is basically jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. right like brazilian jiu-jitsu whatever you want to call it right of course this is like the new version the cards like way more explored now right? Especially within Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But like, Nawaza and Judo is, like, very similar. And it's just, they killed Nawaza because Judo became a sport, mm. right? And, like, it had to be focused, you know? So, so I think, like, a lot of things are very similar, but I think also, I think the, I think that's the beauty and also the beast of Jiu-Jitsu is, since it's such a loose, you know, since it's so loose, and it can be interpreted a bunch of different ways, it can go really crazy really fast. Mm-hmm. And then also, if there's not, like, The powers that be to kind of like keep it in line like similar guidelines it can just go like really wacky really Mm -hmm. fast you know Um, so
0: I I get really honestly filled with inspiration when I hear about these old stories Um, I was listening to some podcasts and they were talking about how I I believe it was Farah Sahabi talking about how in his era of coming up in BJJ there was I think he said he might have straight up said one at most there was two Purple belts in the entire northeast coast of America, or it might have been the entire east coast of America, and he would drive uh, hours with a GSP just to learn, like, straight up one class under this purple belt, drive back to Canada, and then practice on the grass with people who didn't train trying to, you know, replicate, and then they would learn from from books and stuff, and you talk about how it's, uh, you know, filled with tradition and as martial arts culture is, uh, you being at the forefront of show your role and, you know, dictating what occurs and we can get into this later, but also like, you can also shape a culture and shape perceptions like how you said in some, in this one interview, like when you're designing gis and you're making this stuff and some of it's like not the norm, you know what I mean? Like some of it is, uh, if you were to have done it, like you said, like you wouldn't you dare to wear a blue gi, um, how do you feel? Do you try to like be careful with what you do or is it time to, uh, are we in a new age where it's time to expand and evolutionize? Like just the same way it's happened with technique where like there are, fuck, there are like 16 year old blue belts who are like insane, uh, because the technique has evolved because there's more openness to certain techniques. Um, same
1: thing with maybe the, just the culture as a whole. What do you think about that? No, I, I think about it a lot, to be honest. Um, I, I like that, For me, that's probably, like, the only motivating factor anymore, right? Like, making product is, like, whatever. Like, of course, you have to make good product, right? Um, And, of course, exploring product is, like, probably the other really important part, right? And I think for me, like, I always reference back to cultures and sports and industries that I'm familiar with, right? Because I'm not exposed to much. I don't do many things. And to me, like, the biggest influences are, you know early days in skate and, you know, being exposed to like surf and Island culture and like reggae culture and like, just like little hardcore cultures that like I'm personally into growing up. And I think for me, I think the biggest thing, if we were to learn anything from some of these industries, some of these things, and let's just use skate as an example. Cause I think it's probably by far, probably one of the most like dialed coolest cultures in terms of like lifestyles or sports or anything, anything like that, you know? And I think, um, to be able to somewhat um do things that uh, and I, the cool thing about skaters the cool thing about any culture is i i just think they just do what they do like I don't, they're not trying to be anything right that's what makes them like amazing but like if you can have some just like forward vision 50 or 100 or 200 years and say hey what we do is cool it's cool already like it, you don't have to do anything else just do it but then, if you could just have some insight and just be like, well, what if we explored here? What if we explore there? What if we explore there? Like, most of the things probably are going to like be you know, you're probably going to miss the mark, and yeah, you're, or you might be like too far ahead, too far behind, whatever, right? And like your your consumers, your culture may not even get it. Um, but for me, I think it's like super important and interesting for the culture specifically to be somewhat if other people within other spaces were looking in um, they would think um, it's they would find like interesting elements of maybe something they can relate to Mm. and I think for me that's ultra important um, because and also also important for the culture because maybe other spaces are not doing it Mm. that are maybe bigger than the bigger than the space that we're in or 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 smaller right and I think for me it's um, I I, I, I don't know so whenever we're, we're trying to do something to push you know, the needle every now and then. Um, and we know probably it's it's a little much for maybe our consumers or the culture that we live in. It's like, I always reference in my head and just like, well, what what would, like, what would Skate do? What would, like, what, what did Skate do 30 years ago? And was that impactful, right? Did a bunch of people hate it? Did a bunch of people love it? Uh, was it a bad move? Was it a good move? And I think, uh, I think a lot of times we don't really know what that is. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think it's, Um, it's a fine line, 3,000%, I think, but I think it's also, like, if people are truly trying to, like, bring the culture forward, Mm -hmm. and they're not trying to just, like, be in, be in the game for commerce, I think that's, like, the the most important part, and I think normally people are just, they're in it for commerce, um, and they're like, oh, this product will Mm -hmm. sell well, right, I don't think many people want to try and push the needle every now and then even if stuff doesn't do well just because they think it's interesting or add value to the culture so mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah i think it's essentially a huge responsibility and even with shoyu roll it holds a lot of weight in kind of shaping and like uh creating a path in which um like you guys were talking about earlier what jujitsu will be like in the future you know what i mean like it whether it steers towards something like taekwondo or karate or like you said it steers towards skate culture surfing which is like essentially pretty sick you know and um I think what you guys are doing with your brand is uh, its really cool and especially when you guys even go on your website you have like articles and like, like old school like photos and uh, just amazing content that you know it's kind of thinking outside the box that a lot of brands or maybe other subcultures are not lacking in but maybe aren't providing exactly to the people you know what I mean and I think that's really inspiring and attractive to like the youth or like someone wanting to get into jujitsu or even your brand you know which represents jujitsu in a way you know
1: yeah Yeah. go go ahead no no i'm like i i think for me it's like you go through this maturity of like like after doing so many things for a a period of time right you kind of like you you somewhat think you know what you're supposed to do you don't know what you're supposed to do you're adapting you're trying to do different things um but i think i think in general i think uh for us and anybody else within the space, um, and anybody else that has like a position, um, if you have a position and you have a, a way to kind of somewhat have influence um, in adjusting some of those things, I think um, you know we wish more people that had the position that have power. Like we don't like you know we we already know we're older. Like we're not like like I'm not like a youth teen anymore that just wants to like. Do interesting things and have fun, you know. Now we're, I'm in a different phase, but then also we have to carry, you know, the culture forward, and we're hoping more people will jump in and push the culture forward. So anytime anybody's doing something interesting, I think it's like it's a win, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter if it's an individual or if it's a, a brand or a company or an, uh, you know, somewhat of a or organization. I think um, I think that's what's needed, and I think um, the more minds that we have like that, I think the better. You know, I think just sometimes I think we all get tainted by, you know, doing business or selling things or doing things that sometimes that takes priority over like doing interesting things that are kind of like community based, you know. So the more things that we're kind of doing that are kind of like community based, and I'm not saying like sponsor a jiu-jitsu tournament or give a grappler a gi or something like that. I think the more stuff that we're doing that's community focused and the closer that we are to the youth, you know, kind of like when we first started like that for us is like, that's like, that's kind of like the heartbeat, you know? Mm-hmm. So,
0: no, it's, it's really cool. And I think there is a lot of power within, um, within being the, at the forefront of a brand to, you know, shape perception and also shape an era literally, because, uh, I think about like skating and brands like anti-hero or, or Baker, like those videos, or even like m- more old school, like, uh, I guess like Powell Peralta or Bones Brigade, like, what they do in the videos is officially what the scene is. Um and that is officially the definition of that era. Or like you take Supreme now and what they do is like kind of Supreme Palace, Alzheimer's like these brands, like what they do is defining the scene. So they have a lot of uh, say in what it is not only looked at today, but what it what it's remembered as and the direction that it goes, you know what I mean? It's um it's a pretty it's a pretty crazy thing when you really think about that. And also like one of the things that I feel like uh, some certain companies do and they do well is like uh, one company that I look up to a lot is a life uh, Rob's like a friend of ours, the, the guy who, who, who made it essentially. And he talks about how, like when he walked, when people used to walk into a life and in, in the LES, like he wanted them to have like an experience rather than just like purchasing something, uh, a feeling that goes along with that in general. And I think that's something that's a lot more than just product, you know, and uh it, It's like represents style and uh, it represents, I guess, like who you and your scene is. And I think that's such a sick thing to be able to do that, like behind a brand, you know?
1: Yeah, no. And I I think we're just trying like anybody else's. And I think a bunch of other companies are are trying to do the same thing. And I think if you were to look at the the bulk of any industry, let's just use, you know, martial arts or jiu-jitsu specifically, uh, in terms of, like, the consumers, the people that do it, you know, most people are simple people, right, they just go to work, and they do their thing, and they they go home to their girlfriend, or their wife, or their, you know, their kids, whatever it may be, and and that's their thing, they're they're not really interested in too many things, other than that, they just love jujitsu, you know, Um, and then, um, and I think it's, it's, it's different, because our consumers are not looking for other things besides going in and, and rolling so in that sense it's a little different than maybe like basketball or skateboarding or surfing right so it's like I think there's um when when you're trying to add like other elements of like subculture to the culture you're in or style or interesting ideas when you know when you know that's not what people are yeah are really like in it for right um I think you know that becomes like somewhat of op- opportunity and I think just as long as you can continue to like try interesting things and do things within the space, I think you're able to like create this like interesting thing that like other people are, are not really like used to, you know and even other martial arts or other industries are just like what? Like, oh, that's kind of weird you're doing that. like, oh, Okay, that's like mm-hmm. that that that's weird but it's also and then I think it's also like in a sense like kind of like staying in your lane and doing what you're supposed to do and doing what you do is like um, becomes like challenging as well and i think the good companies will kind of like dial it in they'll stay work, stay in their pocket they'll do what they do good and then they'll just kind of like carry and push the culture forward you know so
2: yeah it makes me think like um not to generalize it but it, it makes me think of huge corporations nowadays that kind of you know run the show in society you know and everything is essentially the root of those things is quick accessible just straight to the point you know like kind of I don't want to say heartless, but like kind of just, you know, very accessible. So I think it's up to the small businesses, essentially, you know, compared to these big corporations to provide something that still has heart, that still has true, like I said, attraction to something deeper than just quick, 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 because that's kind of what society is nowadays. And I think it's amazing, like I said, that um, you guys have the opportunity to provide that type of content that is much deeper than just a quick Amazon add to the cart, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um,
0: what do you think about your uh your you growing up in Guam, your upbringing there and uh just like your life and how it was there to then moving to the states and having all of this happen?
1: Uh for me it's, it is it's interesting because my parents are both from Guam and I was but I was born in like in Riverside in like Inland Empire, right? So it's like I was born there and I was kind of like hanging out in basically like the sticks, right? Until I was like Fourth grade or something. I moved to Guam and I was like ten or whatever. Like whatever you, however old you are when you're. Oh, like you, moved grade. To when you moved to Guam when you were ten. I moved to Guam. Okay. yeah. So I was basically a American California boy, right? Like um, just like anybody else in that era, like gangster rap, West Coast culture, right? Um, and uh, and being like a typical California kid, um, and then going to Guam, right? My both my parents are there, but I'm American, so you move there, and then it's basically island culture. You know, um, and um, so you're, you're kind of like, you know, you're kind of exploring what those things are, right? So um, uh, I'm, I'm an outsider trying to figure out how to become, you know, somewhat of a local, right? Because it's a new place for me, even though my parents are both from there, right? And then, um, then you kind of figure that out, and that kind of like adds layers to it. And then, um, and then you kind of figure out like what island culture is like. And then coming back, you know, and then you're like, oh, like this is familiar, right? This is like California, West Coast culture in a sense, you know. Um and then um but then you can compare, you know, and then, then you're just kind of like adding whatever you're into. And at the time, right, I was just into right reggae culture, right? Into surfing, skating, stuff that I came up on. And then I just like you know, of course some ball sports that you're into and then um and then you just get get into jujitsu. So um for me it's just I think more so I think I figured out like how to operate as an outsider, right? Um, like m- more so like a minority mm. in, in a majority type group mindset. And, um, and I think that's why probably um, you gravitate to some of these communities or cultures or things because you're like, oh, like this is another thing, like I'm a part of this thing, you know? Um, and I think that's what became like attractive, you know, with like, st- with any of these subcultures that skating, surfing, know reggae culture any of these other things so yeah so
0: what was life in Guam like when you how long did you live there for and what was your living situation like and how do you think that uh living there influenced your mind and just your
1: ideals on what life exactly is and how you act today um Guam is like I think it's a big part of who I am right because I, I was basically there as a youth and I graduated high school and I came right back out so most of my life I was there um and so for me it's just like Guam's a super hospital place but it's like one of those places as well it's like if you don't respect the core values of what it is to be somewhat of a a local Guamanian then you know it doesn't matter who you are like you don't belong Um, so kind of somewhat almost like of a hardcore mindset right like if you can embody these values that that this place respects um, then you're going to be good right and I think um, so I think that was a big a big part of it, right? And I think just like um, watching, like you know, you, it's a small place. There's not too, there's not too many forms of like um, economy besides like tourism, right? And military. So like you know, you're around, um, you know, you're around big groups of people all the time. Drugs, right? Um, people like on, on, on welfare, right? Of course, a bunch of people are, are doing well in life as well, but. You kind of get, you're kind of close to at least my family specifically. You're, you're exposed to it, right? So um, you're able to kind of be closer to like the soul of it, you yeah. know, and I think that... Um, and then over here, you're able to like kind of get shielded, assuming you're not in those circumstances, you know? So um, uh, and you can get away from it a little bit easier out here and uh, out here than over there because you're kind of like landlocked and you're on an island. And over there, like you... Over there, your reputation is everything. Hmm. Because you can't just like go away, so if you fuck somebody, like you're gonna see them around, hmm. so I think that was probably the that was probably the best thing I liked about being in a small place um and being like landlocked on an island is people couldn't just do bad shit you know if you did bad shit, um there was a consequence, and you're gonna have to see that person you know for the next year hmm. or ten years right um you can't just like run away or most people couldn't so I think that that check and balance was kind of cool so.
2: So, after that, coming to the states um, and pursuing i believe it was an engineering degree, uh, what did your family think of you essentially not following through with it and you know starting your own? Uh, brand essentially which is a huge risk in like you know a traditional parents mindsets you know because my family's from Russia and you know if I told them you know I'm quitting my 9 to 5 and just pursuing like a YouTube podcast I'd be like you're insane like you're going to live on the streets you're going to be homeless this is not stable at all so uh, what was that experience like kind of uh, transitioning from that environment to taking that decision on?
1: In all honesty I think my parents were probably pretty I think they were just stoked I went to school You know, I think with what my family, what my cousins, where I came from, like going to college was like, uh, that was kind of like, kind of rare, you know? So just as long as I went to college, I think it was a win for them, you know? Um, And then kind of like, of course, going through trying to become an engineer. and For me, in all honesty, I was just like, ah, like I told myself I was going to be an engineer when I was like five. So that's the reason why, like, I'm trying to become an engineer. Then once I started doing engineering stuff, I'm like, this stuff sucks. (laughs) Like, why am I, like, this is not my personality, it's not what I want to do. And then you do, you know you just kind of work jobs and you know you, you try and figure out where you can get a job you can't get a job and then you know just kind of doing like side hustles and things that kind of like you know I was promoting like reggae clubs all kinds of stuff like as a kid just to try and like you know do different things um, and work odd end jobs and then you know luckily enough um, luckily enough you know the brand started to like slowly hit you know and then and then it was like okay well and I think I, I got like a I was like I was like climbing my career path as like the the company I was and I was like making really good money and I was like oh I don't know man like that's it's got benefits I just got a house you know I just got a kid blah 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 and I was like so it didn't it, there was also there was also um there was also a little bit of like security in, in terms because the brand was like a, a side hustle since like 99, 2000 right and then it just like started like slowly pick up in like oh six oh eight ish you know and then I was working and I was like okay well it's I I can I got like three months of rent you know so like I'll be good right um so as much as it as much as it was a risk it was also like well if I'm not responding back to emails like in three days like this thing's gonna fall apart so I gotta like quit soon Hmm. you know so it was one of those like balance moments where it's like hey jump in or like this thing's gonna start to fall apart um and so so it worked out so I think my parents were you know at at the same time they were like they were kind of like oh you're going to do your own thing that's kind of weird you have a good job you know but they were cool they were with whatever so
0: what was the initial idea Um, I know you started in a garage initially just making t-shirts so what was the initial idea behind it that fueled everything
1: um it's probably just skate stuff right skate and surf stuff right just like trying to be like a creative kid like oh I want to put like my graphic on like a t-shirt right like and I think at the time like like, you, you, like, if you wanted to do that, you had to, like, go buy some, like, inkjet printer stuff and print it, and that was, like, your iron-on at the time, right? And, like, nobody, at least I didn't have enough money to go get, like, 20 shirts printed or whatever at, like, the local screen house or whatever. So I think, I think realistically, right, and just kind of, like, I don't know, growing up, like, tagging on books and stuff like that, right, and tagging and stuff like that, like, I think creatively, I think you just want to be, or at least me personally, you just want to be seen, you know, whether it's by one person or by a hundred people, like, I think that was just an aversion of like you wanting to be seen or me specifically wanting to be seen in some way, shape or form. So I think uh, the brand at that time, printing t-shirts in 2000 was just an expression of me writing in a book when I was like 12 or something, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, you know, not many, some people saw it one way and other people, other people saw it different ways. But for me, it was like, Oh, well, if I, make this t-shirt, if I make ten t-shirts, I give it to nine people, I'm seeing nine more times, you know, I don't think it was so much like, business of course trying to make like a brand, but like a, you, you don't like, I was based here in California, in Southern California, and there was like, it was like the surf mecca of the road, like if you weren't making stuff like, you know the big brands just like, don't even try, you know, so um, yeah, I think it was more just a creative expression and once like you kind of find your niche and you figure out what works and you're able to like take that thing and run with it. And it became something. But other than that, I think it was just like an expression or an outlet. So what
0: was the original plan for it to be a, you knew it was going to be BJJ company. No. Like what was the deal? Cause I heard you say like, you didn't know at first, like what is
1: this? Yeah. I, don't, I like, I don't, we got lucky in all honesty, right? Like we just got lucky. We were just trying to figure it out. Like we made, of course we made some decent moves and some decent decisions in between those times. But, like, some of, the, some of the, you know, some of the decisions were, like, uh, I don't know. Like, a good example is, like, um, we, we, we made, of course we made T-shirts, right? It doesn't really count if you're just making, like, 20 T-shirts, right? Like, it's just for fun, really. Um, and you're just doing it for fun. But what happened, I think, right around, like, 06-ish to, like, 2010-ish, like, MMA was just, like, blowing up, right? Like, there was probably, like, you know, it was tap out at the time, affliction, like, there was, like, everybody wanted to be an MMA company, every jiu-jitsu company became an MMA company, Mm. right, so it's, like, what, that was one of those interesting, like, crossroads for us, where it's, like, uh, you know, we sponsor, or we're helping, like, five MMA fighters, like, that's where most of our visibility is, like, should we become an MMA apparel, jiu-jitsu brand, kinda, we'll still be a jiu-jitsu brand, because like 95% of the industry was going that way mm-hmm. you know and then we're like ah, you know like it's just like be a jujitsu company oh, right so it was like those that was one of those like hedged bets you know we didn't know if it was going to work or not it was just like ah well and you know maybe we we can exist in this space a little better um and then it was like and then so that was that portion of it and then and, and the funny thing is, even and you know when we made the, when we started to evolve the like, gear, there was a couple people making Gs already at that time, um, so it wasn't like we were the first first, right? I think, but I think we just bear. I basically just tried to cherry pick what I thought was the best from every single company at the time, mm-hmm. making new forms, and then we made our own uniform I'm like okay put reggae stripes in the inside put like a rasta lion on the outside put a big chest patch and you know like and then I have all the best fabrics from all the key companies I liked at the time right that was it it was like it wasn't a big deal it was just like oh I make like I had a we got lucky and we found like a supplier and they um they they made like 50 geese for us or 30 geese. I forgot however many it was but anyways and I was like at that time before social media was just like forums and stuff so it's like okay I, I knew how it was to be on forms and stuff, so I was like, yeah, I'll just put this on the form and see if anybody likes it, right? And then, like, you know, fortunately enough, like, 10 people liked it or 20 people liked it. It helped me, like, pay for the cost of my keys, you know? And then I was like, oh, like, cool, you know? And then, like, slowly but surely, like, it was, like, you know, little by little, got more traction and, you know, it started to pick up, and at that time, there wasn't anybody in the space doing it. You know, probably similar to what, you know, people do within you know, within the shoe space back then, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then now it's this whole other thing, but at the time when we were first somewhat first in, it was, it was a different time, you know, I think we just were able to give people a different option, you know, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of like the run of it, so.
0: What do you think, uh, cause I, I was uh, hearing you speak and you were saying how it was like a while of you doing show your role, um, up until you could finally quit your job and focus on it fully. What do you think did it, uh, what do you think, what was the what was like the thing that you did, if any, uh, that caused it? Like, oh shit, I can make the jump now. I can actually quit my job now because, personally, me hearing this and, and like I know you said something around like the eight eight years of of like working on it, working on it, working on it. Um, one would start to think, yo, it's eight years, bro. Like, it's not gonna work anymore. Uh, this is just some for fun shit officially forever. So, what did it that
1: really? was like helped you make the plunge i i think you 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 start to see some traction right and i think like you know like for for me i was at one i was at a hard spot because i had a lot going on like i had a lot of like you know i I had i had my family was just starting right and i just got like a house i had a lot of shit that i had to pay for Mm. you know it would be different if i didn't like if i had like a thousand dollar like studio and like you know and i was just kicking it and just like i didn't have much like living expense you know um so i think everyone's tolerance is a little different but i think for me i think once we started to kind of get like you know more traction on like in the forums and in the internet and we're like oh, okay hey we just sold 20 geese easily like we didn't have to like figure out how to go sell 20 geese at the time right and it was like okay and then the next one's like oh we moved like 40 geese like No problem you know and then like you know we're like okay let's try and do another one a different style and then it was like oh shit we just moved like a hundred keys like we're like okay like and then you know and so it's like and it was also like pre like social media so like you weren't sure how traction was really happening right it was more just like buzz on like word of mouth or right or what's happening in the forums right um so i think once we got through like 2 or 3 where we were starting to see like double digit increases we're like okay like we have to really try and figure this thing out you know and i think for us a big a big and that was the basis of the brand as well was like we wanted to move make something for two reasons and like in small volume and move through it and be onto the next one one because we didn't have enough money to, to make a lot of them yeah. two because we come from an island in a small town, and being in an island in a small town, there's only so many places that you could go shop. So like when you go and, you know, you're going to the local fiesta or party or whatever, and it's like everyone's wearing the same Stussy shirt or whatever, you're like, oh fuck. You know, so like, so for us, it was like, hey, which, you know, you make something, you move on, right? This is like, I didn't even know about any of this, like whatever drop culture, whatever this is, whatever it's now, right? But I didn't, we didn't, we didn't, I, I didn't know about that stuff. Right? And I didn't learn about supply and demand in business school or any of that stuff, right? Uh, but what was well, the, 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 the most important part was what you had is what you had. And then it was on to something that was new, again, and then also the people that had it would appreciate it within the space. You know, so like you would, you know, and then the people like that were on like if you're in the gym, they're like, oh, like either that looks good, or man, I tried to get it, right? And this is like early, right? Um, and I think so. I think that like created kind of like somewhat of a community, and within jujitsu, that was like very, very new, right? It was like they're like, huh, like uh, you're buying that karate uniform or jujitsu uniform, and like why would they? why would they only make 50? Like We all want it, you know, like, or, you know, I, I want to buy one, but we can't buy the, We want the old one. Mm. And like, no, no, the, the old one's done. Right. Yeah. So it's like, so it was like one of those weird, weird
0: things, you know, so. Does it ever uh, trip you out to see that there's like a resale, whole resale market for it?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's somewhat like humbling and flattering. Right. And I think uh, for me, I think also like I grew up collecting stuff, as a kid, baseball cards like anybody else, right, Um, and of course, any other thing, right, so I I, I like things that I like, like, rare things or unique things sometimes, so uh, in terms of, like, paying a price for something that's, like, ridiculous to another person, it's, like, I'm very familiar with it, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think for us, like, we also wanted, you know, you know, um, the uniforms to be somewhat, like, coveted to, like, the group of people that had them, right? Whereas, like, 90% of the people are like, I don't see what the big deal is. Like, or I don't, like, what, what, what's, what is it? So it looks like a uniform. So, like, for me, it's like, it, it's it's really cool, because I think it's like, it adds a layer to the culture, in terms of, like, because we don't have many things that we can, in terms of, like, expressing ourselves, yeah, yeah, the same way that someone is with, like, shoes and ball sports. You know, like, besides uniform and shoes, like, that's their way to express themselves, or socks, or whatever. So, for me, it was more so, like, an expression, uniqueness, and um, and I think it's like you know if someone appreciates it more than the average person, for me it was rad. So,
2: so in terms of the collaborations that you do, are they your own personal um, you know companies that you looked up to when you were younger or like in the past, um, or do you have like kind of like a team that decides and how does that work? And do you stick? Tr- do you try to just stick true to like you know keeping show your role like a legit you know like. To the culture, kind of a uh, thing when you choose collaborations.
1: No, in collaborations, we've like we've been fortunate. We've worked with like a lot of good people that have helped bring different partnerships and things to the to like the brand. You know, we have Zook in Japan, and he's like legendary in bringing us a, a bunch of opportunities with brands like W Taps and Neighborhood and and different things. Um, and you know, Ollie's worked with us a bunch, and he's legendary in the space that he operates and he's always bringing us stuff that's like interesting and unique and he has like a really really good taste on what's good and what's bad and you know there's multiple people that within within the brand and and the space over time that kind of like um, brought like potential partners or collaborators on and we just kind of like look at it and see if it um, makes sense you know and then we just explore it and some of the stuff so we try to stay core in terms of, like, being close to their brand without, like, veering off. We veer off every now and then. It's not, like, always, like, super dialed in terms of, like, um, our approach. But um, but for the most part, um, we just explore it. We see if someone's doing interesting doing interesting things in their space, and sometimes we do kind of wacky, wacky stuff every now and then. Um, but for the most part, like, I'm super interested in people that are building amazing things and doing real cool things or... Uh, things in within their space, you know, so it's kind of open in a sense too so.
0: Um, now, with everything that's happened and and you know you come from you coming from Guam, going to school, being into skating, reggae, all this stuff, and then you know, Cheryl becoming what it's become. Uh, now that essentially it might feel like or at least from an outsider's perspective, it looks like you've already done a lot. Uh, with Shol, what uh, brings you happiness and peace? Uh, it's mentally, uh, or even spiritually, where do you go from here? what gives you the satisfaction when
1: you're working and that's a it's a really hard question right because I think anybody that like wants to explore things I think they're uh, I think they're kind of somewhat lost right and I, I I wish I would say I wish it would be jujitsu, mm-hmm. right but I think since since I do it so much, I think that gives me one layer of it right in terms of like stress and stuff of course like kids and family that's like a basis of like um it is kind of like keeping you grounded, right? Um, but in terms of like the, I think in terms of the brand specifically, and not trying to be spiritually. Um, in terms of like exercise and and family and all that stuff, I think really, I think the, I think it's really just the the cultural part of like loving, like what jujitsu is in general, and being able to like, lend a helping hand and pushing that further and further. Alongside, right? And I think like it, it's. I think having a personality that like where the standards are so high and peers that you look up to, um, and or or people that are alongside you um, are are kind of like almost somewhat of unattainable in the space to make sure you're doing things at that level or, or higher. So I think um, I think it's it's I think it's challenging to somewhat be happy, but I think uh, I think Jiu Jitsu family. And pushing the culture forward. I think those are probably things that kind of help balance everything in general, in my opinion. You know, so,
0: um, I want to say thank you for allowing us in here. It's been amazing, and thank you for sharing your ideas. Uh, all of us and a lot of people who we know really respect your brand, what you've done, and, and your work, so uh, thank you for everything you do, and thank you for letting us in here. No, thank you guys. Thank you for having me. You guys are the best.
2: Thank, thank you. you so much, man. Thank Be- you guys. Peace.